Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The shorthanded Heat handled the Bucks. Jay Crawford has some thoughts on Brian Kelly's southern accent. And who needs a win more, the Vikings or the Steelers? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Milwaukee Bucks had been 11-0 with their big three, so the Miami Heat without Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo should have been no problem. Instead, the Heat behind Kyle Lowry get a 113-104 win. Joining me now from Locked on Bucks is Kane Pittman. And Kane, this, this Heat team last year was seen as one of the biggest threats to the Bucks in the Eastern Conference. The Bucks dispatched of them in the first round of the playoffs, which was supposed to get the monkey off of their back. The Heat reloaded. And now they look, again, like they're dangerous. How big a threat do you think the Heat are to the Bucks, especially after a game like this? Well, there's a reason I call them the try-hard Heat, uh, Peter. And we saw that tonight <laughs> because no Jimmy Butler, no Bam Adebayo. You're right. They didn't really have any reason to be in this game or to think that they could compete with a Bucks team that, for the most part, was at full strength. But this is a team, well-coached, first of all, extremely well-coached. And defensively, they will just scrap. And when you have Kyle Lowry in the lineup when you have our old friend PJ Tucker in the lineup, you know that it's probably still going to be a battle. They were obviously aided tonight by a franchise record shooting performance from three. Um, but you you go into Miami, you know what you're going to get. They're going to battle hard defensively. They will be a tough team. There's no question. And you get 28 points, a career high from Caleb Martin, who I'm not sure anyone outside of Miami and, and probably even a lot of people in Miami had no idea who that was. Uh, PJ Tucker's out there with a career high in assists. This was this was definitely a weird game. You mentioned the the, the shooting here. From the Bucks standpoint, they didn't make shots. Giannis did not have his best game, and yet they were they were there down to the end. Are, are they are they still searching for some continuity here, or, or or have they found something here in the last fifteen or so games when they started reeling off these with these wins? No, I mean, I, I think they're fine. you still got the 20-plus p- points from Chris Milton and Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday in particular has been starting to find some offensive rhythm. The thing that stands out tonight was the fact that Giannis was only held to 15 points. Uh, PJ Tucker did really do a fantastic job. And we've seen from time to time, if you have a smaller guy that's willing to be super physical on Giannis, uh, he can get a little bit frustrated or a little bit out of rhythm. So he, was, he wasn't at his best tonight. There's no doubt about that. Um, and ultimately, as you mentioned, uh, Miami in the first half was super scrappy, but you felt that the talent was going to get the Bucs over the line. And then they just went absolutely berserk from three and the Bucs weren't able to overcome that. Is there is there something that they need to do to solidify this team moving forward? Is it just get Brooke Lopez healthy, which may or may not happen, get Dante DiVincenzo happy, and then let's roll? Yeah, they're just going to take advantage of the schedule. So tonight, based on the injuries, we thought was a game that maybe they could go in and collect and win. But leading up to the new year, uh, they don't actually play another team that is more than two games over 500. Miami was the one team that was more than two games over 500, but they had the injury concern. So I think for the Bucks, ultimately, in the last 10 games, they've been top five in offense and defense. So they just need to... While they're healthy and and knock on wood, while there aren't any guys missing, we're seeing it right across the league. They just need to take advantage of the schedule they've got the next few weeks here and bank these wins because it's been super unpredictable with um, players being available, unavailable. Anything could happen, so just bank the wins. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen of the day. Follow Locked On Bucks for more on their title defense. Coming up, 
Brian Kelly pulled out his Foghorn Leghorn impression against the LSU faithful. Jay Crawford has a take on it. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Never count out the Badgers. Wisconsin came back to beat Indiana 64-59 after trailing by 22 in the first half and 18 with less than 18 minutes left to play in the game to complete its second biggest second half comeback in school history. It's easier to play when you're down because then you get more aggressive, said Wisconsin's Johnny Davis, who had 23, including a three-pointer that put Wisconsin ahead with a buck 18 remaining. The Brooklyn Nets saw their win streak snapped on Wednesday night by the also-streaking Houston Rockets. Doug Norrie locked on Nets here, coming at you following a 114-104 loss to the Houston Rockets. So do keep their win streak alive. Nets are not able to keep theirs going following a nice win over Dallas uh, the night before. Back-to-back, no Kevin Durant in this game. Offense looked like a mess. Defense had problems too. James Harden was not able to sort of carry the load that they needed him to do uh, without Kevin Durant there. rest of the team pretty much came up short all around. Cam Thomas does come in off the bench for 18 points. Only one other player besides Patty Mills and James Harden took a three out of the starting lineup for the Brooklyn Nets. The offense was stagnated. There was no spacing. It was all kinds of problems. You want to call it a schedule loss, we'll call it a schedule loss. Uh, it's not like the Rockets are beating down the door of the playoffs right now. So, If you missed our conversation yesterday with Jackson Gatlin on that streak, check out yesterday's Locked On Today. The Utah Jazz were on fire from three and absolutely dismantled the Minnesota Timberwolves in Minneapolis. Frozen lakes or Jazz red-hot three-point shooting? What's more common in Minneapolis? Tonight it might have been the Jazz three-point shooting. David Locke here with Lockdown Jazz. The Jazz blow out the Minnesota Timberwolves and win their fifth straight, and they become the first team in NBA history to hit 23s in three straight games. Jazz came in with the number one offense in the NBA, playing their third straight game against a top five defensive team. And for 11 of the 12 quarters, the Jazz have torched top five defensive teams. And the Jazz are clicking on all cylinders. Donovan Mitchell is at the front of it. He has scored 30 points in four straight games for the Utah Jazz, who blew out the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight in Minneapolis by the final score of 136 to 104. Carl Anthony Towns just took two shots in the first half of this game. And the Arizona Coyotes may be locked out of Gila River Arena on December 20th if the organization does not pay the delinquent tax bills it owes, according to a report by The Athletic. Earlier this month, the Arizona Department of Revenue filed a tax lien notice against Ice Arizona Hockey LLC, which owns the Coyotes, for unpaid state and city taxes in excess of $1.3 million dollars. Glendale is owned $250,000 per letter from city manager Kevin Phelps to Arizona CEO and team president Xavier Gutierrez on Wednesday. The Coyotes have until 5 p.m. local to settle their outstanding totals or the city will bar Arizona's personnel and vendors entry to the arena. Keep all the seniors in Arizona and their retirement plans away from this organization, that's for sure. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. Thursday has a supposedly low-scoring football game and some basketball on the docket. The Steelers and Vikings square off in Minneapolis, and the score 
is predicted to be anything but high. BetOnline.ag has the over-under set at 44. The Lakers are on the road against the Grizzlies. BetOnline.ag likes the road team, giving the Lakers a three-point edge. And the College Hardwood features a marquee matchup, Texas and Seton Hall. BetOnline.ag likes the Longhorns by two. For all your gambling needs, BetOnline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to get that bonus. Here is another story you need to know. Locked On's Jay Crawford reacted much the same way you probably did when Brian Kelly tried out his new Southern accent when LSU introduced him as head coach. The question on everyone's mind is why? Here's what Jay took away from Kelly's performance. So by now, I'm guessing you've seen the clip of new LSU football coach Brian Kelly and that disastrous address he had to the student body in Baton Rouge. If you haven't seen it yet, (laughs) enjoy this. It's a great night to be a Tiger. I'm here with my family, and we are so excited to be in the great state of Louisiana, but more importantly, to be with you great fans. There is so much wrong with that, I don't even know where to start. But we'll begin here. I'm not even sure what Brian Kelly said, because really all I could hear was a grown man from Massachusetts faking a horrible Southern accent for God knows what reason. To be a Tiger. And there are so many questions too. Did Brian pre-plan that or did it just sort of happen spontaneously? But more importantly. Did anyone else know in advance that he was going to go out there and do that? My family. And if they did, why didn't they tackle him before he went out there and embarrassed himself? We are so excited. But the biggest question I have for Brian Kelly is why. College football is all about recruiting, and Kelly likely left Notre Dame for two reasons. One, the money, and secondly, he's finally out from under those rigid recruiting restrictions that probably kept him from winning a national title in South Bend. He had some pretty good teams. So let's talk about the recruiting end of it. Kelly has spent much of his adult life trying to convince teenagers to come play for him. If there's one thing kids can sniff out from a country mile, it's phony. That's the worst thing you can be to a teenager, fake. You know, they like to keep it 100. Well, Brian went all in on fake when he tried on day one to be something he's not. It's a great night. I'm Jay Crawford, and that's my take. Even Daniel Craig and Knives Out is like, dude, you got to chill a little. Coming up, who needs to win more, the Steelers or the Vikings? We discuss on Q of the Day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar, the perfect holiday gift for anyone who loves a sweet treat, and that person could be you. I know that I give myself gifts all the time. It doesn't even have to be the holidays, and the Built Bars, they are the perfect sweet treat gift because the flavors run the gamut. You've got chocolatey, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, but also raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, have you tried the Built Bar Puffs? Those things are unbelievable, marshmallowy, chocolatey, delicious. And the thing about it is unlike so many of the foods that we indulge in around the holidays, they don't just taste delicious. They are also good for us. Low in sugar, low in net carbs, high in protein, high in fiber. They're fuel for dealing with your family if that's a problem for you. Fuel for holiday shopping. 
if that's something you still need to do. And you have so many different ways with Built to get that sweet fix. And the best part is you can feel good about it. You really can. It's the perfect stocking stuffer. My family, they're going to get them in their stockings whether they like it or not. And guess what? As soon as they try them, they're going to like it. Plus, right now, when you go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, you will get 15% off your order. That's Built.com with the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. The Thursday night game pits two potential playoff teams together. It also pits two teams who share one inglorious thing in common. Neither of them were able to beat the Detroit Lions this season. Joining me now from Locked On Steelers, Chris Carter. And Chris, Pittsburgh, I, I hate to even make that joke because they're coming off a monster win at 6-5-1. and one. They're in the midst of the AFC playoff race. This is a game that feels pretty momentous for them, that this could get them moving in the right direction here. Yeah, it's funny because we were just talking after the Bengals blowout loss on this show, and it was just like, man, are the Steelers done? And I was like, no, I could, because here's the thing. You can't count on the Steelers to win sometimes. You can't count on them to lose neither because they'll find a way to win the in the weirdest ways. Um, but this is, this is what Mike Tomlin does. He finds ways to rally his guys. They picked up some guy off of the Saints practice squad, Montravius Adams, and he plays, comes in at nose tackle, gives you some really good downs, keeps Devin Bush clean, uh, and, and like you know helps the helps the run defense a ton in that game. Um, they, that's the thing about this Steelers team. They can be resourceful. They can figure things out. That, and they're sometimes like, hey, it'll take a minute. But they've got they they've been playing. They've been able to play to the point where like, hey, we're going to be able to compete. Um, and I, I really think that there's a chance that if this team if this team can figure out its run defense and, and they can they can stop letting teams gash them on the ground and Ben Roethlisberger gets back to what he was doing during their win streak when he wasn't throwing interceptions and he was only throwing like you know two touchdowns a game that puts this team right where they want to be in each football game they play yeah and and they have playmakers on both sides of the ball Deontay Johnson is as tough to cover as any receiver in the league Pat Fryermuth is ascending Najee Harris is is the, basically the cornerstone of that offense. And we know what they have on defense with Minkah Fitzpatrick, TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, and all those guys. It feels like a team. For all of the jokes that we want to make about Ben Roethlisberger, and, and Chris, you know, no one likes to make a Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> joke like I do. No, you, you're right up there. <laughs> but this is a team in a wide-open AFC that, like, I'm not going to be surprised if all of a sudden we look up and they're in good position to make a run in the AFC. Is that crazy? It's not crazy. It's not. Also, I think what's really, really important to put in perspective, you know, I, I've I, there's been talks of, you know, people are starting just now to, to jump on the T.J. Watt train of maybe he should be defensive player of the year, but maybe he should be in consideration for MVP. But consider this, Peter. When he has played a, all four quarters of a game, they are 6-2. and two. Wow. The two losses, and then they're they're winless without him. They're o four and one uh, when he when he doesn't play, or or three and one, one of those things. Um, but the two losses that they have when he plays all four quarters are the weeks when he's coming back from an injury that sidelined him against the Packers and against the Bengals. Though, so when he's at full strength and playing at this high level, they haven't lost yet, and 
you know, in this past, and, and you can't say that they're only just beating weak opponents because this past week they took down the, the team that was the number one seed in the AFC. And back at the start of the season, they took down the team that everyone thought would be the number one seed in the Buffalo Bills. They're, they're an odd team. They're tough to figure out, but they do have playmakers. Like you said, the biggest question for me, Peter, can the role players step up? Mm. That's what happened against the Ravens. You saw Montrevious Adams. You saw Chris Wormley with two and a half sacks. Devin Bush look, looking better. Uh, Cam Sutton, Akella Witherspoon filling in very very well um, on the offensive line. John McGlue, the team's fifth, fifth left guard that they've called upon this season, he comes up with a monster game. I, I, these guys can't do it every game, but if just enough of them do it, you know, in, in, in the games to hold serve so that the playmakers can go out and be those X factors, that'll be this team's key to victory to get them right in the playoff mix. And finally, Tiger Woods will return to competitive play. And he'll have a little help. Beginning December 18th, Tiger and his son Charlie will compete in the PNC Championship. This is the same event in which Tiger and Charlie placed seventh last year, which was Tiger's last competitive appearance before the car crash on February 23rd that ended in severe injuries that Tiger said put his leg in jeopardy of being amputated. Although it's been a long and challenging year, I'm very excited to close it out by competing in the PNC Championship with my son, Charlie Woods tweeted, I'm playing as a dad and couldn't be more excited and proud. And golf fans couldn't be more excited that Tiger is teeing it up. Plus, Charlie's swing looks awesome. I can't wait to see Charlie play again either. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen of the day. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Make your second listen, Locked On Bets. Download and subscribe free and available on all platforms. Coming up Friday, a couple of key division races in the NFL heat up. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.